Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, thank you for being resilient warriors. Thank you for being my dubs. I love you guys. This is going to be an amazing episode. We're going to talk, my friend Hernan is going to talk to you about how to recession proof your business. This is something you're only going to learn today on this show. So make sure you subscribe and leave and, and make sure you save this so you can share it out. This guy, if I have any questions about advertising, branding, he is the advertising dude. So if you need any kind of information, this is the dude to go to. And I'm pumped to finally have him on. It took forever, but thank you, brother. Welcome to the show. Hey, Richard. Hey, everyone. It's really, really nice to be here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I love it. So my first question is, uh, what is your definition of resiliency? especially in business, because as we, we've learned over the last three years, either you pivoted or you were out of business. Yeah. So what is your definition of resiliency? I think that that's a great definition. It's the ability to, um, it's the ability to either win or learn, right? So you're either winning out there. So you do something that is successful and you win or you learn. Right. And you do something that is not successful, which is most of the time. And uh, and you learn. So I think that that's my definition of resiliency, because as you properly stated, especially in my field, which is digital marketing, things are always changing. Right. Right now we're in a weird time. And uh, right now we have, you know, kind of a weird, weird economy happening. And also AI is coming up at a really rapid, accelerated pace for for us marketers. Right. And, and for every business owner. And, uh, and, you know, and just, a, just a couple of years ago, we had the pandemic. So I think that the definition of a business owner of an entrepreneur, uh, and the, the definition of resiliency, they go hand in hand. So it's the ability for you to keep on moving forward where you are either winning or learning. Uh, that's, that, that would be it. All right. So obviously you don't have the nice Italian, New Jersey accent, so you're not from around here. Tell and, uh, us a little bit about, you know, where you come from, where did you grew up and how did you get into this crazy world of advertising? Yeah, no. Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great question. So I'm originally from Buenos Aires, from Argentina and South America. Right. I I was born and raised here in a kind of a middle class family in a third world country. And then, um, you know, throughout my career, I, I've been blessed to work with some of the biggest names in digital marketing. Right now, my company serves mostly U.S. you know, U.S. and Europe-based um, companies, but I was born here. I was born and raised here. Now, you know, middle-class family and the kind of the run of the mill was um, go to college, get a degree, right, get good grades, um, and get a job. That was basically it, right? That, that was the, 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 the gist of everything, right? You needed to go to school. You needed to get good grades. Then you need to graduate from college and get a job, and that's exactly what I did. And I did it pretty well, actually. You know, I got good grades. I was a good student and whatnot. And then uh, I, I got a job. But, you know, before, before that, I, I remember that my parents, when I was growing up, my parents were, they all had their own, like, regular traditional jobs. Uh, but they were also, like, as a side gig or as a side hustle or something like that, they were also into MLM, right, MLM companies. So they joined a couple of MLM companies, right, here in Argentina. And... Uh, 
And, you know, that worked or it didn't work to a degree, to a certain degree and whatnot. But I remember that one of the things that they had was a lot of training. You know, MLM companies, they do have a lot of training, self-development, sales training and all of that. And I remember that I was like, I don't know, probably I was like 11, 12, 13 years old. And I had access to these books. Like in my house, there was always books and books like Think and Grow Rich, right? Books like, like Dale Carnegie's uh, How to Win Friend and Influence People. Those type of books, right? Like classic books on, 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 on relationships and whatnot. So I started reading them from a really young age just because they were there, right? Just because they were there. We didn't have, you know, internet and all of that back in the day. So they were there. So that was, that was my kind of uh, entertaining. So, um, you know, fast forward to after college and after I graduated, I kind of, you know, uh, left a mark on me. So I really wanted to go ahead and, uh, and, and, and do my own thing. Uh, but right out of college, fresh out of college, I got a really good job. Like I, I got, I got, um, uh, you know, a job that was really coveted, I would say, because it was a really good paycheck. It was those type of industries or, 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 or companies in Argentina, where you go in, you would work like 35 years for a company and you will retire with a golden Rolex, you know, that was the deal. So that was my mission was to go get a job in one of those companies and then just stay there. And I got that job. I got the dream job. I was young, I was making good money and whatnot, but something like really wasn't, wasn't kicking for me. You know, it wasn't, I, I think it was these books and being exposed to these things that I, I thought that there was more to life than just, you know, that, than a day job. So, and, uh, so I went ahead and, you know, I was, I had a really good job. In, in fact, the, the job was in walking distance from my house, you know, it was really near, it's really comfortable, but I didn't feel fulfilled. So the question that I asked myself was, okay, right now I'm, I'm young. I can, you know, I can take a risk and what would happen if I would like dedicate 10 to 15 years to this career, right. To build a career in corporate. And maybe I would get like a manager position or something along those lines, right? But what if I would take the jump, I would burn the boats, I would go all in on my own stuff, which I didn't really know what was it at the time. What could happen if I dedicate diligently, if I work hard for the next 10 to 15 years? Because I was bound to work hard anyways, right? Whether it was for somebody else or for my own. And I realized that it, the sky was the limit, you know? So I went ahead and I quit my job. and. Um, uh, to the surprise of many, including my parents, to the surprise of everyone, I was crazy. I was like, dude, you just landed your dream job. Why are you quitting? Right? Like, it didn't make sense. And, and you know, I just knew that I had to do it because there was something else uh, in me, you know, that I wanted to go, go out there and explore. And it took me definitely a couple of years of, of suffering and not being able to, you know, to, to, to sustain myself and whatnot to get to a point where I was like, okay, well, I made a good decision because I remember that one of the, 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 the things that I thought was, should I go back to get a job? Like two years in, maybe a year and a half in, two years in, I was like, should I go back to get a job? Should I go back to, you know, to, to the grind and whatnot to corporate? Because I saw my friends, the people that I went with um, through high school with, I saw them that they were, you know, getting better, better, better pay. And they were getting a race and they were getting better house and they, they were getting better cars. And I was still like spinning my wheels. Right. So that was kind of, you know, when I got started in this entrepreneurial world, and then I would say probably six years later, or yeah, probably seven years later, I bumped into 
the advertising world. But that was basically how I got started into quote unquote this entrepreneurial, you know, crazy entrepreneurial world. So okay, now um, for me, you know, even just the last three years, the whole world has changed on its on its axis. I mean, three years ago, if I was going to do a podcast, it was usually audio only. You know, now you got StreamYard, you got Restream, you have, you know, all these different things, including AI, which I'm a big fan of. Um, I use it as a tool. I don't use it as a crutch. Mm -hmm. um, but I see a lot of people complaining about AI. We'll talk about that later. And they're mm -hmm. saying, well, it's going to take my job. Well, then obviously you weren't doing your job good enough if you're worried about it taking your job. Because right. no matter... If you don't know how to use a tool, it doesn't matter how good the tool is. Like if you give me a hammer, I can't put anything together. I break stuff. So if you give me a hammer and I don't know how to use it properly, it does me no good. And I think that's the same thing with AI. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But now when you first got into the world of advertising and, mm -hmm. and branding and marketing, it's a, it was a totally different game than it is now, correct? So what was that like coming into the game of marketing, branding, and advertising. So, yeah, it was totally, totally different. It was, it's way, it was way different. I remember that the first time that we were starting to run Facebook ads. And the reason why I had to learn how to run advertising was because back in the day, one of my first companies, it was, uh, I, I, I partnered up with um, my first like partners abroad um, a group of, a group of fellas. And then we, we founded a company, a training company called semantic mastery. Right. And, uh, and my, my partners there, we had Bradley who was the singing voice and we were actually, uh, producing content. He was producing content about, uh, about SEO for local businesses, right? He had, you know, his own agency. I actually cut my teeth in SEO as an agency. That was the first agency that I, that I put together was about SEO, uh, and we used to provide services for local businesses. So we come together and we kind of discuss all, all of our teachings and all of our learnings and everything that we learn. Uh, and we serve other agency owners that wanted to serve small business owners and local businesses and give them better SEO results, right? So, so that was kind of the business. And I remember that we put together a course, uh, um, a program called IFTTT SEO Academy. So IFTTT is like a Zapier, it's like a, an automation tool is still around and uh, it stands for if this, then that, right? So we use a lot of automation, <laughs> excuse me, seven years ago, we used a lot of automation uh, to actually rank websites, right? We use a lot of spam <laughs> to rank websites, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that was kind of the gig, right? Back in the day, like six, seven years ago, you can, you can get away with a lot more than you can right now, even eight years ago. So we put together these, these uh, course out of everything that we learned using IFTTT to rank websites and whatnot, and that uh, we launched it out there. I remember we first launched it on JVZoo, right? And JVZoo, it's a, it's a platform. It's a, um, it's a, yeah, it's a website where you can go to get JVs to promote your product. So we try that at first. We put our product on JVZoo and we reach out to a bunch of people to see if they wanted to promote our products. And we didn't have a track record. The product was brand new, so nobody really listened to us. So we decided to give it a shot to paid advertising. And I raised my hand and say, okay, well, I'll try to, to give it a shot and see how this works. So the first ads that we run for that course were for a lead magnet, right? 
We used to run ads to a lead magnet. There was a bunch of recipes on how to set up IFTTT for SEO. And uh, I remember that we used to get like a dollar, a dollar leads, you know, or, or 70 cents per lead in the US, which right now it's like 10 to 15 to 20 times that. But back in the day, we used to get like really good results. And we used to, because nobody was really advertising on Facebook, right? Like people weren't advertising on Facebook. The cost to advertise on Facebook were so much cheaper. And, uh, and then also the policies, like we used to say some things on the ads that they, they're, you know, we would get shut down nowadays if we wanted to say that. So it was, you know, as much as kind of every technology is at the beginning, kind of a little bit of the wild, wild west, right? Like Facebook was really like Google, for example, Google ads was really permissive at the beginning and it was really cheap and everyone wanted to jump in. SEO was like the wild, wild west. And now we have the wild, wild west again with AI and all of these things happening. But I think that then a platform matures and now you start like advertising and the costs go, go up and whatnot. But yeah, it changed dramatically from that point where we were able to run traffic to Elite Magnet, then get people to buy a $47 product. We were making money. And now things became a lot more sophisticated. So we have to develop some other funnels. We need to work with additional math that we didn't have to work before because I remember that I also, uh, one of my first clients running Facebook ads, he used to run ads to an automated webinar that sold a $997 offer. So he would have a nine, uh, it was a two hour, two and a half hour long webinar. And we would, and he would have a pitch at the end for a $997 offer. And he crushed it with it. He made a lot of money with it yeah, because the offer was really good. The product was really good. And I was running the ads and the ads was, were also really good. So he crushed it with it. Nowadays, what we're seeing is that two and a half hour, you know, two, two hour long webinar, they don't work as well anymore because the time span of people, you know, shrank. So we need to do 15 minute webinars or 20 minute webinars. And then if you are planning to make money on a $997 offer, you might make a little bit of money, but you're closer to break even than let's say six years ago, where you could make like four times your money. So those things were the things that kind of changed. The cost rose to, uh, to, to advertise. People got a little bit more jaded, more sophisticated. So now there's different funnels that we're using for clients. So yeah, it's been a while, right? And, you know, talking about resiliency, you need to be on top of those things and you know, and apply strategies when they work. And, you know, and you also need to be investigating and researching what works for other people and try new stuff because, you know, techniques, strategies and whatnot, they, they fade away and they stop working. What doesn't stop working though, is the fundamentals. You know, once you, once you understand the fundamentals of copywriting, the fundamentals of what make people buy, take action, what make people reach out to you, what make people actually want to do business with you, that's where the techniques, the strategies, the platforms, they don't matter as much, right? So that's what I learned working with some of these big guys is that they keep on focusing on the fundamentals, right? They keep on focusing and honing down on the fundamentals because then the techniques and strategies are kind of secondary to those fundamentals. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense. And for me, you know, I'm a, I was 50 years old when I started learning this stuff. So I had to take a deep dive and thank God for my friend, Russell Brunson. You know, he actually helped me with, you know, with his courses and then talking to him. But he said there was a point where, you know, you could just get a thousand backlinks and and you're going to get in the first two or three, you know, of, of Google listings. 
Um, and then all of a sudden, Zuck and, and Google just slapped everybody around and changed the whole game to where, you know, now, you know, you have to, like for us, on if you Google ver vertical momentum, we're on the first four pages of, mm. of Google, but it's built up over time and it's doing the proper things and not looking for the shortcuts. And I think, you know, when people think SEO, you know, or they, they think, you know, marketing, branding, advertising, you have to take the shortcuts. And like you were saying, you know, like uh, I'm a big basketball guy and we know there was a great Argentina player, played for, yeah. played for the Spurs at one time. Yeah. Manu Ginobili. Manu Ginobili. But he did the basics very well. He may not have gave you 50 points, but you know he was going to give you 10, 10, 10, 10 every day, and he did the basics very well. Yeah. So I think that's something you're talking about is fundamentals. And, yeah. you know, even even if it's, it's a we're in another age, I still think old school versus new school works great because if it's all about, for me, building relationships. And I think the more relationships you build, even offline, I think are more important nowadays about what people are saying about you nowadays than it used to be. So talk yeah. to us a little bit about that. Yeah, totally. I, I, I love what you just said. You know, you know, it's funny how things turn around and how things cycle, right? Like, for example, yesterday I got a book from Brian Kurtz at, uh, at Titans, Titans Mar Marketing, and he sent me uh, he sent me his book and then he also sent me um, the Breakthrough Advertising Mastery book, right? So it's a book that he put together. So Breakthrough Advertising is kind of the Bible for everyone that's advertising, right? Eugene Schwartz, I, I actually have a, I own have a, yeah, so it's great. So I have a, you cannot see it because it's broad, but I have a, a picture of Eugene somewhere around there, you know, so I'm a big, I'm a big dork of, of copywriting and marketing and whatnot. And I also have Russell's books back there. So, and Dan Kennedy somewhere around there, but I'm a big fan of all of these guys, right? Because they, they focus on the fundamentals of what make people think. And I think that's funny because I got so excited when I got the package, right? Like right now, it's so so exciting to get something on the mail, right? And I don't know, 20 years ago, it wasn't the case. It was like you're getting, you were getting a lot of junk and you will get excited when you will get an email. And now it, it turned all the way around. Like people get excited when they get like an actual package on their on their mail. So I think that, you know, as long as we focus on the fundamentals, it doesn't really matter what, you know, the economy does, what Facebook does, what Google does, you know, like right now, for example, Facebook with all of the layoffs that they recently had, uh, what I'm noticing and what we have been kind of, you know, uh, working with clients through is that uh, since they had a lot of people let go, many of those people were part of their policy team. So now re they're relying a lot on AI and machine learning to make decisions as to what ads get approved, get approved, what ads get disapproved, what, ad, you know, what ad accounts get approved or what ad accounts get banned. And a lot of people got banned all of a sudden without any explanation. Right. So that that changed like that change. And if your business depends on the traffic that you are generating through Facebook advertising, that's a really tough spot to be in. But and I'm an advertising guy. Right. So so I'm saying this and we help our clients work through that. But the point is that I, I try to stay and stick to the fundamentals over and over again. Like 
coming up with a good offer, right? Creating goodwill in the marketplace, helping people. Um, and, 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 and the, you know, the maxim that I try to live with, which is what goes around comes around. Uh, there's a great book called, uh, Influence by Robert Gialdini. It's a fantastic book. It's a phenomenal book. What's, what's interesting about that book is that, you know, Gialdini is an anthropologist and the book wasn't really written. It was, it was written for academia. It was written for other scientists, right? And it didn't really caught fire on those circles. But then marketers got a hold on that book. And, you know, we, we made it blow up. And now Gialdini is writing stuff for marketers and entrepreneurs. And the reason why I like that book that much is because it kind of breaks down the fundamentals of what makes us tick, right, as a society and as human beings and whatnot. And uh, so, for example, there's the, the, the principle of reciprocity. One of the principles that Gialdini talks about is the it's a simple principle that we are hard, hardwired to kind of respond and live by because if somebody does something nice for you, then you feel obligated to reciprocate, right? So that's why when it comes to the customers and the clients that we have at Scale Driven and the students that we have, I keep on telling them, try to put out quality content, try to put out, you know, goodwill in the marketplace. People that have been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years are able to attest to the power of something like that. Uh, I, I heard uh, Tony Robbins said once on stage, he was, I, was, I was at one of his events, and he was like, right now you can drop my name anywhere and you can fill up a stadium in the middle of the desert, right? And the reason why that happens is because I've been putting out content and goodwill in the marketplace for the past 20 years, right? So now you say Tony Robbins anywhere and boom, you fill up a stadium, right? So I think that, Going back to the fundamentals and what makes us take as human beings, it has a lot of power, especially if you're trying to build a recession-proof business, especially if you're trying to get ahead right now in these weird times. Uh, that's how I saw you know, businesses grow throughout the pandemic and how I'm seeing businesses grow back now in these kind of weird recession times is go back to the basics, go back to the fundamentals because fundamentals do not change. Yep, like Manu. Manu was the man, fundamental. And man. even he played with a guy named Tim Duncan, and they called him the big fundamental for a reason. Yep. All right, so, you know, because, like, for me, I'm always learning. I'm a ninth-grade dropout, but I've read over 6,000 books. I have 15 books going right now, um, two audible books going, and one of the audible books by my friend uh, Pat Flynn, a mm -hmm. book called Superfan. You know, we don't. Like I, we came, I live in New Jersey. I live close to giant stadium mm -hmm. and there was an artist that came here. Her tickets were selling between 10 and 15 grand per ticket. And I asked the guy who, who actually helped with build her brand. He says, cause she builds relationships. Mm. She'll have people in, she has like six houses. She'll have her fans come to the house for coffee and pizza and hang out with them. And then she builds raving fans. And I mm. think that it's something that we need to, as, as business owners, like for me, I call my, my fans, my resilient warriors or my dubs, you know, for warriors. Um, and I know that I can put a book out and they're all going to go out and get it. But because I've built relationships with them and I care about them, so talk to us about building relationships and how important it is to build 
a fan base where they're not only because they're not just buyers. People that buy stuff are people. And a lot of people forget that and just think, well, they're going to buy my book or my coffee or whatever. No, they're people. And if they know that they're loved and cared about, you got a fan for life. So talk about yeah. that. Yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, um, one of the things that I, I, I started back in my career, I remember that I started back on, on Fiverr. Fiverr.com was kind of the first website that uh, that actually made me money online. You know, it was the first website. I remember that my first breakthrough as an entrepreneur was when um, when I was writing articles on Fiverr.com. And mind you, this was like 10 years ago. So Fiverr.com is not the Fiverr.com that we know of right now. It was a really rough bunch of entrepreneurs trying to do something, you know, semi-legal for five bucks there, right? So you you wanted to get somebody beaten up, you could get it done for five bucks if you wanted, you know, Fiverr.com. Sounds a lot like Reddit today. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So anyways, right now they're, they're, they have billboards on the New York City subway and whatnot, but now back in the day, it wasn't like that. Not at all. So anyways, I was writing articles there for, for people. And then the first time that somebody gave me money, uh, you know, somebody, a complete stranger gave me money uh, was on Fiverr.com. And I would get $4 for an article because Fiverr would take a dollar out of the top. So I would get five, four dollars, and that was the first time that somebody gave me money over the internet. Complete stranger, somebody that I didn't knew, and I was like, "Wow, there's, we're onto something here, right? This is this is real." But what a lot of people on Fiverr would used to do is that if you would do a good job, they would try to build a relationship with you outside of Fiverr, right? So they will use Fiverr.com as a kind of as a scouting website, right? So they will go there, they would need a logo, so they will ask like five people, five different logos, and then. The, the dude or Judette that did the best job, they will grab, they will try to hire them. And that's how I met uh, one of my, my friends and uh, right now my, my agency CRO, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, he's from Argentina too. He lives in the, he, he has lived in, the, in California for, uh, for many, many years. And um, so, so he introduced me to Frank. He introduced me to Frank Kern. He's like, dude, you need to start learning from this guy called Frank Kern. This was 10 years ago. So I started learning from Frank Kern. I became a big fan of Frank Kern. And, uh, and, and you know, so we've had a relationship with Jeremiah for 10 plus years. And uh, now he works with me at, at, at my agency. And he's, you know, the, the main, one of the main uh, growth, one of the main levers for growth that we have right at the, at the agency. And that was, that was started just by, you know, by, by chance on Fiverr.com. But then, uh, he he told me to to go to go after Frank. I went ahead and learned a lot about Frank Kern and whatnot, and um, and then at some point, Frank Kern launched his his continuity program, his membership site, and this was I don't know probably five years ago or a little bit more, and uh, he launched it. It was called the Frank Kern Inner Circle, and I remember it was four hundred dollars a month, and the reason I remember it was four hundred dollars a month it was because it was a lot of money for me to pay four hundred dollars a month back then, you know. And, uh, but I, I went ahead and uh, I bite the bullet and I went ahead and joined his, his, uh, his community. And I made my sole purpose in that community, right? That was lead by Frank Kern and Frank, Frank's team. I'd made, I made my sole purpose in that community to be as helpful as possible with everyone, right? With everyone within that community, I would try to give something, right? And at that point I was full on running Facebook ads. So I would help a lot of people with their Facebook ads. I would just like hop on calls with people, 
right? If they have a Facebook ad issue, I would hop on a call with them. Every time somebody asks something on the Facebook group, I will go ahead and reply it. And I will go out of my own way to actually be really helpful to the point that first, I create a lot of good relationships in that group. But second, Frank's, uh, you know, and I, I caught, I caught Frank's eye. Like, and then when the opportunity came in, when they were needing a media buyer to join their team to do ads for them and for the clients, they came to me and they say, hey, dude, do you want to work with us? And I was like, of course I want, right? So that was uh, the relationship that kind of changed the trajectory in my career because then I went to work with Frank and I was his marketing director and CMO and main ad guy and main traffic guy for three and a half years. But First off, it allowed me to work hand in hand with him, you know, and be really close to him and learn from him. And, you know, he's a genius and I love that dude. Uh, but most importantly, this was the relationship that kind of changed the trajectory of my of my career, because then I not only did all of his Facebook ads and ran all of his traffic, but also I, I did a lot of teaching in his community. Right. So for all of his students, there were like, I don't know, a couple thousand people in that community. I did all of his teaching and I trained everyone on Facebook ads and whatnot. And to this day, one of the one of the things that we get that I get a lot is like, oh, yeah, I used to be on your calls when you used to do this for Frank Kern. And I loved it and whatnot. How can we work with you and whatnot? So that simple, that one relationship can, you know, just one relationship can change your life. I know that it did for me. And then it opened a, couple, a lot of additional uh, doors for me to work with some other big players. So investing in relationships and getting out of your own way to invest in relationships and, and being as helpful as possible can quite literally change your life. It did for me. So yeah. All right. So real quick, then I want to take an even deeper dive into what we just talked about. Guys, as you know, I was in the military for 23 years. I was with GNC for over 30. I loved coffee. I loved energy drinks, but they all tasted like ass. Or they gave me the runs and I had to go to the bathroom as soon as I, I, I drank it. So I started my own coffee company called Vertical Momentum Coffee. Twice the energy, twice the caffeine, no crash. The best part, it's all made by veteran hand, hand roasted. And it's 100% of the proceeds, 100% of the profits go to help veterans struggling with PTSD and homelessness. I don't make any money off of it, but I'm saving lives. So for every... Every pack you buy for one year, we're going to take 12 families, veterans and their families, take care of them health, physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially for one year at zero cost to the, to the, to the soldier. So, guys, if you love coffee with a mission, write coffee down below, and I'll let you know. Uh, I'll get you that information. Also, guys, as we're talking about, you know, phones and computers, companies are getting hacked. Every single day, companies are getting held for ransom every day. Our, our friends at Indy's IT department, David Curry, I mean, Daniel Curry is actually a United States military veteran that operates a cybersecurity company. He keeps all of our security, all of my phones, my tablets, my kids' phones, my computers safe. So if you guys are, are concerned with about security for your phones, why not have somebody that wrote a check up to, up to their whole, their life to protect this country, protecting your, your family's equipment. So definitely check them out. If you're interested, write cyber down below and I'll, uh, and I'll get you that information. So now let me ask you a question or let me, because when I started out on the podcast, 
I knew nobody. I had no guests. Uh, but now three years later, we've had, you know, you on, David, David Meltzer, the, the, uh, the authors of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Steve Sims. But the way I started having building relationships is, like I said, because I'm such a big reader that when I'm reading a book and I get something out of it every Friday, I will put that book out on all my social media. I will put the buying link and I will tag them, pers that person on it, so they know that their products are being sold and I'm trying to get their products sold and I'm not asking for anything, anything in return. And for me, that's how I'm building. That's a hack I used to help build more relationships. So, you know, because I believe, like you said, if I didn't build a relationship with my friend Kelly Cardenas, I wouldn't be able to build a relationship with Eric Allen. And I sure as hell wouldn't be interviewing the drummer for Def Leppard next month. But if I didn't start that relationship five years ago, I wouldn't be where I am today because mm -hmm. I believe the more value you bring, the more life gets you. I'm a big karma guy. I believe in the more value I give, the more it comes back to me. So talk to us about that, because I think that's very important. What you said is you invested $400 a month, but you had a plan because you were going to invest in him and, and also the people in that or in the, uh, the group. So talk about mm -hmm. do, that providing value, how important that is, especially in today's world. Yeah, it's it's super important. I'm a, I'm a big karma guy as well. You know, I'm a big believer of what goes around comes around, you know, definitely, definitely. I'm a big believer on that. And, you know, I think that relationships, they, they don't only apply to, you know, to potential business opportunities, right? Like, for example, uh, right now at scaledriven.com, we're, we're getting close to 35 people right now, you know, employees around the world and whatnot. We have a small team in in South America, and we have a small team in uh, in South Africa and Eastern Europe. We have a small team in the U.S. So it's you know it's starting to 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 get uh, a decent size in terms of employees and whatnot. And um, and and one of the things that I, I realized is that a couple couple months ago, actually the beginning of this year, I realized that how important it was for me to bring someone that will take the operations to the next level, right? When it comes to our digital marketing agency, because the reality is that I'm good at marketing, I'm good at the ads, I'm good at the offers, but I'm not that good at management. I'm not that good, you know, as, 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 a, as, a, as a manager and deal, dealing with that stuff. And I realized that there's some people that love it, you know, they, they, mm -hmm. they, would, they would do that all day and they're much, you know, and, and so, so I decided that I needed somebody that will take us to the next level in terms of operations. And uh, I started digging into, you know, bringing a potential COO, a chief operations officer and whatnot to the agency, a head of operations. And the reality is that I, I did some interviews and whatnot, but the, the, one of the, <coughs> excuse me, one of the candidates, funny enough, was um, uh, a person that I knew through a mastermind that I joined, that I also invested in, and I, I started making relationships three years ago. So three years ago, we've been in a mastermind together. We've been in a group. We've been discussing stuff and whatnot. And he has his own company, but he's kind of, you know, on a really high level top COO slash CEO role. So he doesn't do much of the tactical stuff anymore. So he was looking for the next thing. And I, you know, and I talked to him and I'm like, dude, that like, it would be a pleasure 
to come in to, for, for you to come in and help us take this thing to the next level. So I think that, and, and he, you know, he agreed and I trust him because we've been building this relationship for the past three, three and a half years. And, uh, we know each other. We know what, what our struggles have been because we've been, you know, sharing them openly on this mastermind. So I think that building relationships is one of the best things, one of the best investments that you can make, not only for potential opportunities like you're doing for guests and you're doing for, you know, for your business, but also for potential collaborations and employees. Again, uh, you know, Jeremiah's 10 years ago, we started, we started hanging out and uh, because he's like, oh yeah, you're from Argentina, from Argentina too, blah, blah, blah. And now 10 years later, we're still good friends. And, you know, he's, he's part of the company as well. And he's, he's been, you know, instrumental in the growth of it. So, uh, so getting out of, of your own way to provide value for somebody else, it's one of the best things that you can do. Uh, you know, lately I've been listening to a lot of Alex Hormosis, uh content and podcasts and whatnot. The guy puts out really, really good stuff. And he used to do the same, right? He will join a mastermind and he will try to make relationships and to, to, to be in good terms as to be as helpful as possible with as many people as possible within that community. And, uh, and you don't have to, if you really want to change your, your, um, business or the trajectory of your business, you can do this in 30 days or 60 days. You just need to be consistent. One of the things that I used to do to get my agency off the ground and to get my first couple clients was I would go, for example, into a Facebook group, right? It could be whichever Facebook group that has your ideal avatar in it. And I would actually post a really helpful piece of content every single day. So I would sit down, I would write down a really helpful piece of content. I would actually help that would actually help people think about stuff that you would charge if you were putting together a course, right. And just put it out there for free. Right. So that's what I did. I went ahead and I went into these Facebook groups and I started like really going in deep into how to run Facebook ads, how to increase lifetime value of a customer, how to get more leads, all of these things that I knew how to do. And all of a sudden people started reaching out to me and saying, Hey dude, I love your content. I want to work with you. How do we do it? Let's get started. Let's go. Or if people weren't reaching out, then I, they would say, oh, I have this friend or I have this, you know, this other partner or I know this person that they need your help with Facebook ads. That's how we got the agency off the ground. You know, that's basically it. So we just needed to be consistent with putting out content, with being helpful, with actually giving out, you know, the farm on the content that we were putting out. And then opportunity will come and business will come, especially in this day and age. Okay, but now, as you see, as we're talking, I'm writing everything down because um, what, what you're saying is very important to me. I lost my 80% of my vision three years ago, so my hearing's gotten a lot better. And if so, and, and I key in on certain words that you, you mentioned. Um, and I believe, you know, like my friend Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And a lot of people, like you said, they might be consistent but they're just putting out the wrong content to the mm. wrong places. Like if you're putting, if you're not doing short video, if you're not on reels, if you're not on, you know, TikTok, if you're not, you know, doing short form video, it used to be a static picture on Instagram, you'd get a thousand likes. It's not that way anymore. So I think you have to go, for me, I had to learn each platform has its own thing. Like I'm big on Pinterest. I'm big on LinkedIn. That's my biggest place. But, you know, if I'm just, if I'm putting cat videos on LinkedIn, it's not going to work. 
But if I post every Thursday, if I post a business article that goes out, then I'm going to get traction. But I think I see a lot of people posting the same thing on eight different platforms and not getting anywhere because they're not paying attention to what the platform is actually used. And the algorithm, they're fighting the algorithm instead of letting the algorithms work with them. So talk about Mm -hmm. that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And we, we, we do this a lot when we when it comes to new clients that we get in right like for example we work with a lot of b2b we work with a lot of high ticket coaches consultants people that sell to other businesses service-based businesses and whatnot and they're mostly b2b right and sometimes they come to us and they say and i'm a big believer on maximizing and going all in on one maybe two platforms right like on your case it's linkedin and linkedin will provide for you and it will keep on providing for you because what I think is that, for example, your audience might not be on TikTok, right? Because it's a younger demographic or they might not be on, on some other social platforms. So, for example, clients come to us and uh, I remember I had this client once that he was like, oh, I, I want to advertise. I want to start advertising on TikTok, right? And I was like, okay, well, that sounds good. Tell me a little bit about your offer. And he was like, well, we sell consulting to uh, C-suite level executives that are 45 years old plus that live in the US and that they are thinking on retiring early and buying a business. So it was a really niche offer, right? C-suite executives, 45 plus, thinking about retiring and buying a business. And I'm like, dude, your audience is not on TikTok. So you don't have to go and advertise on TikTok, right? What you need to do is what you are doing, Richard, which is get really good at LinkedIn content. But also we can run advertising on Facebook, for example. I remember that I used to do um, advertising for Agora. Agora Publishing mm-hmm. is one of the biggest uh, information publishers in the world. And uh, they came to us because uh, they were having issues uh, with, with some of their verticals, like actually nailing down one of their verticals. And I remember that we were uh, talking to 50 plus males in the US uh, with conservative interests and whatnot. And, uh, and our offer was to them. So uh, it was, a, it was a, I think it was a Roth IRA offer, right? It was a uh, grab your Roth IRA and whatnot and rolling into gold. So it was that type of offer. And uh, it was a financial newsletter offer. So our goal was to get to those folks and those folks will be on Facebook every day. So depending on your offer, depending on your niche, depending on your demographic, you might want to maximize one or two networks. If your offer is, for example, uh, you know, you have a you have an e-com store that serves stay-at-home moms, 35 plus, then you might go ahead and go and have a lot of traction on Pinterest or Instagram, right? Um, if you're if you have you know a local business, you might go with Facebook, uh, with Google Ads and whatnot. Um, VSL funnels, like high-ticket funnels, they tend to work really well on YouTube as well. So depending on your uh, demographic and your offer and whatnot is where you want to double down on, in my opinion, when it comes to your content. So when I was working with Grant Cardone, I remember that Grant Cardone used to have, I think it was like 15 people on his team alone just for the content that he would put out. And each piece of content that he would put out, they will grab it and they will repurpose that content, not just repurpose in the sense of, oh, we're going to post the same piece of content to Twitter that we do to, you know, IG stories, right? 
they would actually tweak each piece of content to be relevant to the network that they were posting. But that required 15 people. That was 15 full-time people, three video, three video, uh, video guys, editors, copywriters, and whatnot, just to sustain the sheer amount of content that Grant Cardone was putting out. So for a small business that might be a one-man band or it might be, you know, a small, they might have a small team and whatnot, I almost always recommend that you can repurpose, you can do a lot of good stuff with AI right now, but I think that one of the best things that you could do is to focus and hone in and go all in in one, maybe two networks where your ideal demographic will be congregating. It might be a discussion board, it might be a Facebook group, it might be the Facebook timeline, it might be Instagram, and just go all in on that. And then, of course, with AI, you can create additional content, but that would be my intake on it. As much as we do the same with our clients' advertising budget, we don't advertise everywhere. We can advertise everywhere, but sometimes it just makes more sense to dedicate those advertising dollars into one or two platforms and maximize them and give them the best possible ROAS for their time, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. And especially, you know, like I said, you know, people that listen to this are veterans just either getting out of the military and ready to start a company. They don't have this big marketing budget. So they have to, you got to be smart. You know, you have to, that's why for me, when I'm like, okay, I need to learn marketing. I don't have a budget. So I ordered Russell Brunson's trilogy for like 10 bucks, whatever it was. But I studied it and then I applied it. But then, you know, after you start studying marketing books, I started hearing this thing called a hero's journey. Mm -hmm. I kept on hearing it and hearing it. And by the way, my book, my best-selling book is called A Hero's Journey. But I had to realize, and I realized that if everybody's talking about this hero's journey, I need to find out what it is. Now, I only have one ad going out. And I know that when I put that ad out, it's a picture of me in uniform holding my baby daughter and it's emotional because it tells my story i know even if i spend 30 dollars a month it's going to get a a hundred thousand likes it's going to get shared everywhere because of the hero's journey talk Mm -hmm. take us a deep dive into what is the hero's journey you know i love this i love this 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 analogy that you're making when it comes to the hero's journey because um, what happens with, uh, and, and, and it happened to me, you know, you're mentioning about that ad with you on your uniform, holding your baby daughter. I remember that the first time that I wrote a, a million dollar ad for someone, it wasn't even an ad. It was like me telling the story of this client that I had. Right. And it all started with, you know, it started with the struggles, like the struggles that you go through as you start. And then it goes into what's called uh, you know, a, a, an epiphany bridge, or it might be that you're fed up with something and you decide to change, or you have an epiphany, right? You realize something sometimes by mistake and whatnot. And then you go into this journey of, of discovery after that epiphany. And then you come on the other way or on the other side of that learning and this journey of discovery with a big idea, you know, in a nutshell, that's kind of, you know, the, the hero's journey in the, in the 30,000, uh, um, uh, feed overview, but something that I realized is the power of storytelling on advertising, right? I remember that the first time that I wrote a million dollar ad for, for somebody was for Dan Henry, which is a, a good friend of mine and whatnot. And he's, he's still a client. 
And uh, I wanted to do something different, right? All of the ads that we had were him teaching and here being really tactical and they worked, they worked really well. But I remember that um, I went ahead and I wanted to do something different. So I apply kind of this hero's journey uh, strategy and framework to his ad. And I started telling the story, telling his story and telling his hero's journey when he was struggling uh, at the beginning, delivering pizzas for seven plus years and whatnot. And then how he was fed up with it. And then the epiphany that he had, and then the teachings and learnings that he had. And then also I went ahead and add a little bit of value on that same ad, like telling exactly people, you know, what they would need it to do in order to get successful and all of those things. And then we had a little bit of a pitch at the end, which was keep your, you know, keep your teaching, keep your learning uh, or continue your learning, I should say, in on this free webinar, right? I remember that by the time I was finished with that ad, it was a 15 to 1600 word article, right? It was a 1600 word article. And then I grabbed that, 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 that text and I posted on his Facebook page and I attach a picture of him and his wife just hanging out, right? It was a selfie style picture. They were just hanging out. I think they were going to the movies or something. So he took a picture and that was one of the best performing articles that I, or, or ads that I've ever written. It wasn't even like a real ad, you know, it was like a, just a page post that we push out to his ideal audience. And, uh, and then it got like thousands of shares. It got tens of thousands of comments, but most importantly, got a bunch of leads and it got him to the point that that ad alone generated him a million dollars. And uh, the, the point of this is that it was really connecting with the audience because the hero's journey, it allows you to connect with the audience in a deep level, right? In a really, really deep level, just by telling a story. If you listen to Russell Brunson, for example, if you listen to his podcast, if you see him uh, on stage, yeah. All that the guy does is he's telling stories. He's a, he's a storyteller, right? He goes through the hero's journey over and over and over again to illustrate a point. And, uh, and he's fantastic at what he does. I remember that I was at uh, one of his conferences and I sat down and in a, like, I think it was like a, maybe a 90 minute spot that he had on stage. I, I think he said something, he told something like 25 or 27 stories in like 90 minutes. And I was actually writing them down. They were so good. But the hero's journeys can, can literally change your business because it allows people to connect with you. And if you use that in your advertising, you know, it's, it's game over. So Now, I do have a traumatic brain injury. So I, a lot of times I forget. And I've read so many books, but I can't. I wish I could remember the name of the author. You're going to come out with it just like that. Um, he put out a book called Story Brand. Oh, and Story Brand. Yes. It, yes it's yes, all yes. about telling stories. It's all yes. about emotion. Because, you know, people, I, I sold Timeshare for, I think, six years. And if I tried to sell on logic, mm -hmm. nobody is buying anything on logic. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you sell them on emotion, people are more invested because of the emotional part. And I, you know, logically, nobody needs a Lamborghini. Right. Nobody, nobody, if you really think about it, logically, nobody needs a Lambo or a Ferrari. It's all about the emotion of having that, of yeah. being seen driving it, being, you know what I mean? So yeah. talk to us about, because for me, I'm learning copywriting, mm -hmm. but I'm also learning that if I put out a post and it's emotional, because that's all I'm an emotional kind of guy, mm -hmm. it'll get shared, it'll get posted. 
But if I put something that's logical out there, I'll hear crickets. Right. Nobody's sharing. Nobody's commenting. So talk to us about putting emotion into your marketing and branding. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. By the way, the, the author is Donald Miller. Donald Miller yeah. from Storytime, yes. you know. Yeah, yes. so that's, that's the one. I had to search it too. I had the book in my hands like two days ago. But anyways, um, so, you know, in terms of your, your audience, right? In terms of your audience, you have people that take action or take decisions or make decisions differently, right? Like as human, human beings, we all make decisions emotionally, like 100% of us. So we make a decision emotionally and then we justify it with logic, we justify it with reason. But there's some people in your audience, there's a subset of people in your audience that are really in touch with their emotion and they're really impulsive buyers, right? Like those people are the ones that you are addressing to when you are using emotion and when you're using, uh, for example, something like the hero's journey and storytelling in your content, in your ads, in your webinars, in your landing pages, you're addressing to them. Now, there's also another subset of people, which are the logical type, right? Mm -hmm. So those people, they need pros and cons. They need bullet points. They need benefits. They need features. They need a countdown. They need, they need to make logical sense of their purchase. Now, the funny thing is, is that logical people, they don't engage with stuff as much. Like, you know, emotional people, they will go ahead, they like, they'll share, they'll share it to your, you know, they'll share it with their families and whatnot, and they will end up buying. Logical people, they don't as much. However, I've seen many of our of my clients that they might have maybe just a handful of followers on Instagram. And every time they post something, which is, you know, definitely on the logical side, they don't get as much interaction, but they will get a lot of buyers. So, you know, something that I heard, I think it was Grant Cardone to say is that don't ever discount the lurkers. The lurkers are those people that are just lurking around your content, right? They don't engage. They don't say anything. They don't comment. They don't share. But if you come up with a strong argument as to why they should buy the thing that you're selling, they will go for it, right? So I see a lot of people that are, because we all like to have shares and likes and, and engagement and whatnot, but that's just part of the equation when it comes to when it comes to the ads. If you combine both, if you combine the emotional side of things with the logical side of things, you can actually talk to everyone in your audience as much as you can talk to a lot of people or different people based on how they make decisions, if they want to get closer to pleasure or if they want to get away from pain. So for example, when you're writing a piece of copy or when you're writing an email sequence or even when you're writing an ad, you know, you need to put yourself in the shoes of the person that it, maybe you are really, you're really um, uh, attracted to pleasure, meaning you're thinking about how can I make this happen? How the results that I'm going to get, uh, all of the things that I'm going to achieve when I, when I get this result, right? So you put that in your copy. If you only use that, then you're missing out on the other 50% of people, which are, they just want to get away from pain. So you want to highlight both. You want to highlight the logic, the logical side of things and the emotional side of things. You can do this with different pieces. And additionally, you want to highlight getting closer to pleasure, meaning getting closer to your goals, but also getting away from pain. That's why, for example, on a soap opera sequence, which is a sequence that we write on email, you know, generally after a lead magnet and whatnot, you would have emails that are emotional. You'll have emails that are logical. 
You have emails that would tell everything that they, that people will gain when they get access to your code or your course, your program, get your product and whatnot. And we also have emails saying everything that they will lose unless they take action, right? Like scarcity mindset, you know, countdown sequences, all of that. So if you combine those aspects, then you can develop a really successful marketing campaign for your business. So, and you know, and I and I totally agree. But now I also see, like for me. The first two hours of my day is answering emails. It's responding to almost every comment that I could see. I'm going to respond to the comments. Um, it's commenting on on other people's posts. Mm -hmm. I have a certain amount of a certain number that on each platform. Every morning I go, I'm going to comment and I'm going to share because that's building, you know, relationships. And that's something that Gary taught me. He's like mm -hmm. the first couple of years in business, he did nothing but hang out in the DMs, answering questions, providing value, building relationships. And for me, I see a lot of people are not social on social media. Social like media. If, I, like if, if I have a post and you and you say something on my post, I'm going to respond to your post just to know that, you know, you took the time out to put a comment. I may just say thank you for leaving that comment. But for me, that's building another string in the relationship. So talk about that, how you sometimes you have to become social on social media. Yeah. No, you know, and this is something funny enough. I work with social media all the time and we run apps all the time. But I had to learn to do this, right? Because uh, for me, I was always kind of on the, in the, um, I would say in the, in the um, in the dashboard on Facebook, right on the in the in the back of Facebook, in the back door of Facebook, just running ads, not necessarily engaging with anyone. I just wanted to just say, well, let's just run ads, get leads, get money, and go home, right? That's what I wanted to know, and that what that I wanted to do. But one of the things that I learned after going, I think over the past two years, we decided I decided to go all in or all out rather on on content, right? So for the past two years, um, I've been decently consistent when it comes to putting uh, content on YouTube, for example, on our YouTube channel, you know, sometimes three times a week, sometimes once a week. Uh, but I've been semi-consistently there uh, putting content on YouTube channel for the past six and seven years. But in places like Facebook and Instagram and whatnot, I wasn't as consistent as I would like uh, because we were focused on running ads. But since I started putting content out and we went all out on, on putting out content and now we're consistently putting three to four pieces of content per day on many, many platforms, our, our reach has grown dramatically, but also the comments that we get, the DMs that we get, all of this stuff has also grown dramatically, right? So... And and for the most part, I just neglected it. For the most part, I didn't think that it was a that it was a big deal, that it was a high level activity. Uh, that's how I call them, right? The first couple of days of my the first couple of days of my uh, of my day are blogs just for HLA, right? High level activities, which might be writing copy, emailing the list, and whatnot. But lately, it has also been responding to comments. It has also been talking about my day on Instagram stories, right? Because I was discounting that, but then the reality is that I realized just by going through the best months ever that we had in our company, is one of the things that I did was I was out there generating connections on social media. I was out there literally being more active on social media. I was generating connections and I would talk, I was talking to a lot of people. So uh, that there's a, there's a, 
I would say there's a measurable uh, degree of success that we achieve just because I realize, oh, well, this is important. I should start doing it, right? It's not just comments for common sake, but it's comments for relationship sake. And relationships, you need to invest in those relationships every single day. So, yep. And now, like, what, like I had my friend Dennis Yu on. One of, one of the greatest people that I've ever known, one of my one of my brothers, you know, and he taught me if you're a new business owner and if you don't have thousands of dollars to start out with, you can start with a dollar a day. Yep. Uh, I do a dollar a day just on Facebook. And, and the thing about Facebook, I mean, even though people say it is kind of expensive, but even for a dollar a day, you can put an ad and it can tell you. You can pick the age of the person, the male, where they live, their interests. You can really, instead of being that in the military, we call somebody that just prays and sprays, mm -hmm. or you can be a sniper on, on Facebook. And a lot of people think, well, I, I don't have a lot of money to invest. Well, mm -hmm. you can invest a hundred bucks a month and you, you won't, you'll be amazed how much traction you can build, even just for a dollar or three dollars a day because yeah. they left you market to the exact person you're looking for so talk yeah. to us a little bit about that yeah i love that strategy i love that strategy uh you know and that that is one of the strategies that i learned when i was working with frank Kern. i know that dennis does a great job with the one dollar a day uh campaigns but here's something that we do also at skeleton.com for all of our clients especially since they're selling high ticket stuff right and this works whether you're selling high ticket or not but what we notice is that most of our clients, if not all of them, they have a personal brand. They're putting out content, right? They're putting out content semi-regularly and whatnot. And, uh, and, and, and most of the time, they're just relying on the algorithm to show that content, right, to people. And uh, what you can do, what you can very well do is go back, you know, over the past, let's say, 90 days of your content, the content that you've been putting out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Grab the best performing content. Grab your most prominent pieces. For some reason, people seem to like that. The algorithm seems to like it. And, and you get more shares. You get more comments, more likes, more consumption on those pieces of content. And you can push those that type of content out with $1 a day through what's called an engagement campaign on Facebook. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, because what happens is that on Facebook and on Instagram, you get rewarded if you get people within the platform, if you get people to stay in the platform, the platform, whether it is Facebook, Google, YouTube, doesn't matter. They want people to stay in their website, right? And the way the way you do that is by running, for example, on, on YouTube, there's, they're called discovery ads. On Facebook, there's, they're called engagement ads or video views ads, right? And we use that strategy a lot because what happens is that, number one, you'll get... A, you know, you, you spend $100 a day, you won't, you won't get 100 times the engagement. You will get a lot more that. You know, you will get a lot more than that on the engagement side of things uh, for your content. But number two, what happens is that when somebody hops on the phone with you, they visit your website, they send you an email, they want to buy your stuff, they will, number one, become better clients because they are pre-educated in your brand. They've been consuming your stuff before actually visiting you, right? This is all before the click, right? Before somebody visits your website. So across the board, what we're seeing is that average order values tend to go up. Lifetime values of the customers tend to go up. Sell cycles go down. So sell cycles shorten. So a sell cycle that might take a company three months, 
from cold traffic to close somebody into a high ticket from a lead to a close. It might take three months. That might go down to 15 days, right? To two to three weeks, just by the fact that we are pushing our advertising dollars behind the best performing content. And then for, on the advanced side of things, if you want to get a little bit more advanced, you can create audiences on Facebook as well. You can grab, for example, people that are consuming 50%, 75%, 95% of your videos and put them all in an audience. And then you can show ads to that audience. So now you know, all right, well, these guys, if your videos are, let's say, a minute or two minutes long, then these people, they spend two minutes with you on their timelines on Facebook, on Instagram and whatnot. And then you can serve more ads to those people. We are, we're creating this omnipresence feeling and we're also helping, you know, the audience find you because you can be really, you know, specific with your targeting. And as you said, it doesn't cost much. It's actually pretty, one of the most effective, I would say cost-effective techniques to get your message out there. And, you know, I had one of, one of the Facebook executives come on and he said, you know, one thing a, a lot of people don't realize is they don't use the Facebook birthday um you know, they don't use that in a, in a, besides building, like for me, anybody that I'm connected on Facebook, I'm building relationships. Mm -hmm. So if it's, a, I, I, I go on every day, check everybody's birthday. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send a, a Facebook message. I'll send a video. Just let them know, hey, happy birthday. Love you. But a lot of people don't realize that as soon as you do that, it kicks you up right into their algorithm. Right. And you might not have talked to that person in three years, but just because you said, hey, bro, happy birthday, have a great day, it automatically kicked you right to the top of their algorithm. Nice. So talk about that a little bit that nobody really, I don't really hear anybody right. talking about. Yeah, so that's that's one of the things that you can do. Another thing that, you know, the birthday thing, I think it's great, especially on DMs, right? Especially if you're sending a direct message to people. Something that I do with all of my Facebook requests is uh, I, send a, I send a message. So whenever I get a new friend request, I accept them. First off, I, I, I check that, you know, we have enough friends in common. So when I send a friend request on Facebook or I get a friend request, I always DM and message the person. And I do it without any agenda, without any pitch in mind, just like, hey, thank you for connecting. Tell me more about you to see if I can connect you with somebody else, right? Because that's the goal of, of networks like that is, is the connection side of things. And that automatically will put you on their timeline because now you're interfacing with that person. And not only that, but you will get, uh, for example, I would get recommended people that I was just talking to on Facebook, on Instagram, right? Hey, you may want to follow this person on, on Instagram too, because you were talking a second ago on Facebook and they belong to the same company. So they do that, right? So that happens a lot. And not only it will affect on the, the score, quote unquote, that you have on Facebook, but then you start showing up, um, that you start showing up higher on their Instagram feed as well, because Facebook cross checks, right? And say, okay, well now Rich and, her, and Hernan have been talking for a while back and forth on IGDMs. So let's put them forward. Let's put them closer on Facebook and vice versa. So it's just a simple thing like that uh, can, you know, can go a long way. That's when you see people that have, for example, if you post something on Facebook and you get just a handful of likes and then you have somebody else 
post something on Facebook and they have 200, 300, 400 likes, right? Or a, a bunch of comments. The reason behind it is because they've been nurturing their following on Facebook. They've been DMing people. They were being consistently posting and they've been also posting good stuff. So these little techniques and hacks, I love them because it just takes like 30 seconds and it makes a big difference. All right. So last, you know, this is a teaching podcast. So the last couple of minutes, if somebody is starting a business June 23rd, 2023, what would mm -hmm. be your top three pieces of advice for a brand new spanking business owner? So I would guess um, advice number one would be get out of your own way to be helpful, right? For people. First things, if you're just starting out your business, you will not have a lot of social proof. You will not have a lot of track record. You will not have a lot of testimonials, right? So offering to work for free for people in exchange of a testimonial and maybe some referrals, that's one of the fastest way to get out of there, get out of there and, and, and build your community, build your tribe. Okay. That would be number one. So be helpful and offer to work for free, ideally to those people that potentially might have a following, potentially might be in your ideal demographic in exchange of a test for a testimonial and a, uh, a referral, like because on the reverse, you can actually charge. So that's your marketing initially, right? So that would be number one. Number two is start putting out content, but instead of putting out content from the perspective of what you can teach, because if you're just starting out, maybe you cannot teach much about that thing that you're selling or that you're starting out, but you have a story right? You have a life behind you. You have some teaching moments that you can go ahead and share with your audience, right? Um, and, and, uh, and you can also talk about documenting. Like you can document your journey. Oh, you know what, guys? Today I reached out to five people, three of them reply, and two of them gave me referrals. That is something that a lot of people want to consume, right? How you're building your business in real time. So you can talk about your story. You can talk about what's happening in your day-to-day, -day, right? And you can put that content out there. And number three, what we just talked about, grab that content, put it on your Facebook page or on your Instagram profile, dedicate $1 a day to a piece of content. If you can only do this for two weeks out of the month because you only have $15 to spend on advertising right now, so be it. If you can do this one week of the month because you only have $5 to spend on advertising in a month, so be it. Ideally, you would have you know, $30, $60, maybe $100 a month to spend just go stop going to Starbucks, put that money back in your in your business, right? But that is something that I would recommend. So just to recap, number one, go out there, offer your services, your products for free in exchange of a testimonial, in exchange for a testimonial or a referral. Number two, create content about your story around your personality, the hero's journey, and uh, what you're doing with your business and put that content out there and put it a dollar a day behind it and Pretty sudden, you know, pretty soon you will get a nice income coming in of people coming in from different directions. So. All right. So and I just wanted to touch on something um, because when we when we log off, I am going to ask you to leave a review. I am going to ask you to subscribe, you know, right. but I tell everybody, you know, if I gave a, a one star interview, then that's exactly what I deserve. But I know a lot of business owners. They don't ask for Google reviews on their business and they don't realize, well, that's kicks you up in the algorithm. I mean, mm -hmm. I think some, we have like something like 470 five-star reviews for our podcast because that all helps in kicking you up into the, for me, 
you know, my podcast is now linked up there with Tom Bilyeu, with Ed Milet, because th- there's people that, oh, like you said earlier, you have a track record. Mm-hmm. And once people see you have a track record, they're like, it's kind of like if you're opening up a brand new restaurant and have no stars, I'm not going there. Right. You know, but if I see, wait a minute, they got 80 reviews and, you know, 4.5 stars. Yeah, I'm going to go because social proof. So I, I totally agree exactly what you're saying. Um, so now how do we find you? How do we support your mission? I know you're big everywhere, but how do, how how can the dubs find you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, Hernan Vasquez in all socials uh, on, I, on IG, Facebook, Instagram, whatnot, Twitter. Um, again, if you go to YouTube, we have a YouTube channel with a lot of content. We talk about business. We talk about funnels. We talk about ads, marketing, like all of that good stuff on YouTube. And then if you want to learn more about what we do, uh, you can go to scaledriven.com. You will see a message there. And if that message resonates with what you're doing right now, we can have a quick conversation to see if we're, if, uh, we're a good fit. And yeah, that's that's basically it. I love it. So guys, make sure you check out his IG account. It's fire. I love it. I'm get I get so much value. His is the first account that I go to every morning to see what I can learn for the day. So make sure you check out his I, his IG, but his LinkedIn LinkedIn account. I love. So guys, as you know, I'm a big uh, Joe Osteen guy, and I believe my that you can either be the victim or the victor. So if you feel like business is kicking your ass, it's time to be for you to be a victor and take charge of your business and make it recession proof by listening to what we talked about. I love you guys. Remember vertical momentum. The only way to go is butt up and make sure you check us out on all the platform. Hernan brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. It's been my pleasure. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Have an amazing day and Hopefully, you're going to have an amazing week. So crush it, my brother. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.